Previously on Poldark, George pulled off the social chess play of the century by marrying off Morwenna to Ozzy Whitworth, that toe-sucking preacher we've been dealing with the past few weeks. Uh, he did so by framing Drake Karn for a crime he didn't commit and making Morwenna basically choose between Drake getting hung or her marrying Ozzy. In the meanwhile, Dr. Dwight was having a tough time reacclimating himself to home life, and Ross took it upon himself to invite Mr. Armitage over to sort of have a chat about life post-war. And things seem to be moving forward for them. And we know that Aunt Agatha is turning 100, so things are going to get exciting this week on the Lords of Grantham podcast. Grave digger, when you dig my grave, could you make it shallow? And we are back. Poldark Season 3, Episode 7. It's about 100 degrees in Connecticut. How's it going in New York, Corey? Uh, it's 98 degrees and rising over here, man. It is Great. hot. Uh, didn't we kick off last week's episode just talking about sweat? <laughs> last week, Last week, I talked about not having my AC in. This week it's in. So how's it been going with the AC, Dave? It's been it's been good. It's been, okay. I mean it's it's, an, it's air conditioned. I have a tough time when it gets too cold though because I don't have a smarter air conditioning unit. So yeah, I have a very basic one as well. So and I also lost the remote. So it's like I got to get out of bed and turn it off, and then you know these are problems that our friends in Poldark would not deal with. But you got to manually turn it on. Well, I mean. For, for other readers, uh, not readers, uh, for listeners, for the longest time, I had to go up and turn on my TV and turn it off because the power button on my remote had stopped working. And I was doing this for at least two years, two or three years. And then I finally got a new TV, but, you know. What a problem. Just, it's just hard-headedness. I'm just going to stick with this thing that works, and I'm just going to keep turning it on manually. You know, That's just how we operate. If it ain't broke, That's- don't fix it. Same thing as this podcast, right? Sure. I don't know. If that's, like, we have some fan messages over. You wanted us to change. We said no. <laughs> We're just giving you what we can do. Um, that said, we do have a Patreon episode coming, finally. Yes, it's been a little while. We've had some... We were waiting for some people and some other people, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to watch the movie. And it's coming out. We're, we're analyzing the patrons' power rankings for Not and Abby, A New Era. And we're going to put them up against ours and see how things look out. Now, I've looked at these briefly in passing, throwing up a spreadsheet, but it seems like everybody wrote us a pretty detailed explanation of why they have characters in certain places that I have not even read a word of. So, I am very excited to see what the people have to say and how it pertains to us. So, that's exciting. Yeah. Uh. And Dave, beyond that, in the world of Downton, the Crown, Gilded Age, and all that stuff, not much is really going on. Um, the only thing that slipped us by, that maybe some people may be curious to hear about, uh, is that PETA has urged HBO to investigate a horse death on the set of the Gilded Age. A horse uh, death? A horse death. Uh, they are calling on HBO to hold party or parties who allowed it to occur responsible. 
so HBO, they confirmed that a horse had died on the set on June 28th during filming, but said it was likely due uh, to natural causes. Uh, that they care a lot about their, their pets, or about their horses and such. <laughs> Good. Uh, <laughs> sources say that the horse wranglers and a veterinarian said that the horse was not showing any discomfort from the outside temperature, which was in the 70s, and not had, be, had not been overworked or overheated prior to its collapse. It had just an hour of rest period in the scene it was shooting when it died involved a carriage with two passengers. So, doesn't R.I.P. Like to that any, horse. <laughs> just rest in peace to that horse. Doesn't seem like there's any wrongdoing, but that's that's it, man. Such news in the world people, of period dramas. People got to know, man. People need to I mean, know about it, these horses. It could be it could be bad news for Gilded Age if they if they are found guilty of doing something to these horses. Uh, <laughs> Would it be that way, like the show get shut down because of one horse? <laughs> We, we only found out that Julian killed a horse. <laughs> Would that mean the show was canceled? I don't think so. Just, just not even on the show. Julian just actually killed a horse in real no, life. No, on the show. Like, like oh, he was show. on set one day and just, you know, kicked a horse and it, it did it in. Yeah. Who He's knows? Teflon. Gilded Age. I think Julian's Teflon. I think Gilded Age is such a success that I think it is. Uh, It'd take a lot for <laughs> a lot of horses would need to die for that show to be taken. I off mean that ha- that's not unprecedented for HBO. They had a show called Luck back in 2012 that got canceled because too many horses died on the set. So it's not. Wasn't that a horse racing show? It was. It's not a laughing matter. <laughs> um, w- one last piece of news though, actually, because I just found it. Okay. Eleanor Tomlinson, who plays Demel's on Poldark, she took to Instagram to announce she's married. She got hitched. Uh, at Yurdage Manor in the Cotswolds. Mm-hmm. And to her, who? Uh, Will Owen. Is oh. The man's that's Not Tom Owen Harry. Wilson, Will Owen. And, uh, that's the guy who plays Tom Harry. Yeah, she she no. apparently got married <laughs> just in the past week or so. So there you go. Demel's is congrats, Eleanor. wifed up in real life. Yeah, congrats to her. Now, and, is that is that a good segue to get into this week on Poldark? Yeah, man, marriage. What about it? <laughs> this is a. I was I was worried about this episode. I thought that we were Poldark was going to be like pro wrestling this week, where we had a party planned and we had a wedding planned. As a you know, big wrestling trope is you have a wedding, it's going to go haywire, and you're going to have a party. There's going to be a food fight, and wedding went smoothly. Mm-hmm. Party didn't wind up happening. <laughs> it's got to be one or the other. Uh, and again, for the second week in a row, we're bucking a trend here on Poldark where yep, it opens no with a fire. But it's not any kind of fire, it's just a little bonfire that people are partying around. Yeah, so we've, we, it is a fire to show that time has passed. Uh, we should mention, and this is regardless of anything else, like it doesn't affect anything else in the episode, we do get a moment where Ross rides along the cliff's edge, stares out at the water... And that's it. <laughs> it has no bearing on anything, but we do get a moment with the cliff. Mm-hmm. But anyways, yeah. So the- time has passed. We've had one full harvest at the public garden. Mm-hmm. And this is a sort of festival for that. And we see that Thali's back in town. And he's got a gig. He's got a gig. He's, you know, won't you dig my grave? <laughs> he is a grave digger. Uh, Thali. I, I like the idea that they had no idea how to keep this character around, 
We got to give him something to do in town. Gravedigger. Let's do it. I like the idea that people wanted him to be around. <laughs> just, just I could have done not, without. Not doing anything, just being around in the neighborhood? Yes. You can't just have just, a pirate hanging around town. You could just have him come in, you know, like, I, I was around this week. You know, I was by the yeah. port, so I came in. And not only does he come, show up with a job as the new gravedigger in town, he's not alone. One thing before we move on from this gravedigging business... Mm-hmm. How many options do you think they went through before they went with the man with one hand to be gravedigger? Well, I think they know he's going to work the hardest to have the job done. <laughs> he's only got one hand to do it. I also don't think there's a big uh, rush job for digging graves. I don't think it's like, hey. If there's a plague going on. If people start dying off. Well, I don't think we're in the middle of a plague now. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. We saw him literally working a rush job, and he's just taking his time digging a hole. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. But he is okay. not alone. Thali is not alone. Mm-hmm. He comes with his daughter, Emma. Whew. That's what I said. I was like, from him? Who's and the mother? This is the same thing where like, when they introduce Demelza, they, they try to dirty her up and everything. It's like, you can't hide pretty. Well, they, they don't even dirty her up as much as they dirty up Demelza. No. Well, Demelza, they had to clean up. This one's going to stay little dirty but uh sam is enamored with her sam karn is staring her down Mm-hmm. i mean that's he he likes what he sees but he's a man of the lord I and mean, we can f- follow this whole plot line <laughs> sure sure um in the meanwhile ross gives drake a smith shop mm-hmm. and while drake is sort of still a year later Mourning the the lack of Morwenna in his life. Can't be a year later. It's a harvest later, so a season at least later. If it's it's like three months later. Yeah, some yeah. It's a, a, I, I a mean, harvest. how else do you explain Aunt Agatha getting hyped for her birthday for multiple episodes in a row if it wasn't right around the corner? <laughs> hey, when she's ninety nine, leading to a hundred, you're the second you turn ninety nine, you're about. you're planning your party for a hundred. Yeah. Mm. So uh, what we're saying, uh, it's been some time. And Sam is talking to Drake about how, you know, you got to move on. You got to find a, a Methodist woman, a good godly woman, instead of uh, Morwenna, who, you know, the two of you were kind of canoodling under in, in, in an inappropriate, sinful way. Mm-hmm. And then in walks Emma, asking for some smithing to be done, and... Sam asks if she has, has any interest in coming to church, and she's like, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, she comes by, and he's like, well, do you, like, you know, pray to the Lord? And she's like, yeah, every day in my own way. And he's like, yeah, you, you want to learn? And she's like, cocksnow or something like that? Um, she She's not interested, and Drake is kind of, like, chuckling to himself about it. Mm-hmm. And it just leaves a Sandman stiff as a board. He's just walking around like, hmm. And then later later on in the episode, he's like, hey, I, I feel that I'm having some sinful thoughts myself. Yeah. <laughs> like, All right, Sam. What do I do about it, Drake? And Drake's like, I can tell you. I can tell you, bro. Go for it. <laughs> Straight <laughs> yeah. ahead. No subtlety. Until you literally lose her to Ozzy Whitworth. Yeah. So poor Sam is just going to have to... Keep it in 
till he's blue in the face and deal with it. Yeah, because I don't think there's converting a daughter of a pirate. I do like that it's like finally someone is, has caught Sam's eye. It's like it's a little too good to be true to think this young man is just one on one with the Lord, you know? Like, and I'm thankful on. because, man, if he was seriously this so as radical as his father was, he would mm-hmm. have been terrible. I wouldn't have been able to deal with him. And you know what's funny, too, is like Drake is a handsome man, but why is it like Prudy always lusting after Drake or uh, everyone like eyeing up Drake when like Sam's not chopped liver necessarily? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Sam's no Ozzy Whitworth. Like he's a good looking guy. Yeah, he could swing a few, but they, they never really look his direction, really. His IMDb know. photo is arguably the hunkiest of the gang. I haven't looked, but uh, I have it open, I trust I have, have it open right next to me. Okay. <laughs> All the others yeah, are like Comic-Con panels and red carpets, and there's studio photo, black and white, of Tom York, Sam Karn. All right. Tom York, not not of uh, Radiohead fam? No, that is. He's the guy from Radiohead in Poland. <laughs> oh, he plays Sam. Huh. Yeah. All right. Well, do we want to carry on with more Wena updates? Yes, he's pregnant. Dude, the way they reveal this in this episode is so hilarious. Like, all right, come now, Morwenna. Dramatic standing up to show she has a belly. It's like, oh, come on. This didn't have to happen. Yeah, this is no good. I Did your heart just sink when you saw that? It did, and it just keeps going deeper and deeper and deeper. It's just like, man, she's in a, a, a bad situation. Um, like... You, you, we already see that Whitworth is violent towards her. He's like when she speaks speaks back to him, he's, he threatens to strike her. Mm-hmm. And he uh, and he quotes the Bible as justification for his behavior when she's she says she do doesn't want to. Your husband she doesn't want do to God or whatever. It, she does not want to do the deed because basically she she's saying this man's raping her and like I mean she even her says her body's like, did not this recovering. Last night. Yeah, I'm, she's hurt from like the night before. And she's pregnant. And she's pregnant. And she got to walk on those feet, you know, having having them sucked on all the time. Can't, can't it's be good for kind that. of incredible how every week they manage to make you more disgusted by Whitworth. Mm-hmm. Like you're already pretty much out on him from the jump, but each week they just peel back a layer where it's like this guy is no good for anyone. This is awful, and honestly, George and Elizabeth should feel awful about themselves for submitting her to this because every time Morwenna shows up in this episode, everyone's like, "Geez, she looks pale." Yeah, you look pale. You look bad. <laughs> must be the baby. No, I don't think it's the baby. That's what George says. It must be the child. And Elizabeth's like, or or a horrible husband, or something like that. But George doesn't care. George does not care at all that he just doomed this woman, this selfish piece of trash. Mm-hmm. I I'm, I will not disagree with that, and he is so foul mm-hmm. that he says that he knows that the Morwenna's family is not on the good good times financially. Yeah. So he's going to take it upon himself to employ Morwenna's sister as mm-hmm. a housemaid, and he will treat her as he treats Morwenna, which is just. Uh, pretty gross to hear him yeah, say. He, he says she will come to love me as you do do love me. <laughs> uh, and then he goes to sleep, and then she says, "I don't love you." To herself, I love Drake Karn. I love Drake Karn. Mm-hmm. I love Drake Karn. <laughs> and yeah, this show has the most tense pregnancies of any 
anything that I've seen. Anytime someone's pregnant, you're like, oh, no, Demelza loses the baby. Elizabeth is afraid that it's uh, not hers, and now we have this situation. Uh, the, whoever tell- wrote the books of, of Poldark is a, uh, must have really been had some issues <laughs> with, with pregnancy in their life. Whoever wrote the the books of Poldark, I mean, there's only one writer of the book series, Dave. I just I I don't know the name off the top of my head. I'm I'm in Julian's world. Everyone else is a guest. Yeah, well, the writer is Winston Graham, Dave. Don't forget it. But okay. <laughs> anyways, though, it, it's funny though. You you start to see the put on that is him being a vicar, uh, with the way she's praying next to his daughter, and he's telling her. You've already memorized that book front to back. You can just stop now. Uh, mm-hmm. And she has to sit there and watch him speak. Well, you know he's just full of it. Anyways, we get her sister coming to, to town. Uh, Morwella? More no, no, no. It's uh, it's Rowella. Yeah. <laughs> so we got Morwenna and Rowella. They like that W in the middle. <laughs> yeah, they really turn it around on you. Uh, and so she immediately identifies that uh, Morwenna is not doing well. She's like, you look terrible. And Morwenna's like, no, I'm looking fine. It's okay. Whitworth is right around the corner. And uh, yeah, she knows immediately something's wrong and she implores uh, Morwenna to tell her, like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Do you love him? She's like, no, I love this guy named Drake Karn. Okay, tell me all about Drake Karn. But we see they hatch up some kind of plan. Something. That, that I, I really don't know what it is, but we see that they're sitting eating a meal, and Rowella's like, okay, Ozzy, or what? He says, uh-uh, you call me Mr. Whitworth, yeah. and then in public you call me the vicar. And she says, all right, vicar. And you see he gets a little like, ugh. And then she goes, oh, man, this shoe is tight on my toes. And he's like, Ugh. and he gets up and leaves. So I think we're setting right. Up he stares for at her something. feet, and then he's just like, "I got. I'm gonna go be in my bunk," which is just like, "Oh my god, this guy is legit just going to beat the beat the feet. Lord's meat <laughs> to to the to this feet." Uh, just oh my god, this guy's gross. Yeah, he's not getting any easier to deal with. <laughs> he, he's a. Old but you can't say that feature. he's not getting what he wants, which is the unfortunate thing. It's like there's no comeuppance, there's no shame, there's yeah. no guilt. He's just bad. And the one thing I like about Morwenna is that she's not afraid to hold back. She'll tell anyone who listens that he's terrible. She tells it to her sister when Demelza so asks Demelza? her what's going on. She, he's a monster. <laughs> what do you want to know? Uh, I like that there's a little bit of like a hot streak with her that really shows how she's similar to, to Drake in that she's not afraid to hide how she feels. She'll tell you how it is. Yeah, exactly. I'm a, I also appreciate that. Straight shooter, Morwenna. But hope she can get through this. I agree. And I hope her child can have a good life that's not... Uh, and I hope that uh, his kids have a decent life because it seems like he's not an attentive father. No, he just seems like trash all the way around. I'm glad that the show spared us. Uh, you know, they gave... More one of the decency to not show us her foot getting sucked. That's the last thing we need. Yeah. No, I hope Rowella we can avoid that, that fate as well. <laughs> yeah. You got to you got to see the feet one time. You think? I mean, I hope we don't have to see it again. We get the okay. picture. The guy likes feet. All right. Yeah. Yeah. 
know what be the irony is that he has like tiny toes. Like that that's that's what he gets off on is he has really Or you tiny get some feet. like horror movie ending where they like break his toes as he dies or something like that. I can only wish the worst uh, to this man. Hey, so hey, we we're all on the same page here. I think every but is there a one fan of Ozzy Whitworth in the world? And I think the answer is no. We'll see. We'll see where this character goes. Who knows? Yeah. Um, should we talk? What should we go to next? Well, Dwight and Caroline are married. Yeah, this is very fairly simple. You know, I mean, Dwight shed his scabs from last week. He's, I know. I didn't know that. I said okay. So it's long enough that his his lesions have gone. Yeah, he's he's all good. Uh, and it's funny because Caroline couldn't marry Dwight since her. Uh, ward or not ward? Uh, the, uncle. Was her uncle was, was uh, telling her like you know you got to marry someone respectful. But as soon as he gave the blessing, I guess it all of a sudden became okay with her marrying Dwight. Because well, I mean they're if, already married. Yeah, but it felt like a few episodes ago she wasn't even being totally honest with like George about you know who she was potentially going to be married mm-hmm. to, and then all of a sudden oh yeah we're just getting married. It is what it is. Yeah, and so good to them. Dwight makes a toast that uh, to the hero of Kim Pear, Ross yeah. Poldark, the guy who's the reason that they're together. And this whole town is like, Ross, 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 Ross. Mm-hmm. And then they say, we got another surprise for you. Armitage, he's here. Yeah. And he's got a toast to give. Mm-hmm. Got to give it up for my boy, Ross Poldark. Ross, Ross. And, and Ross is just like, you know, yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're all too kind. Uh, and then uh, George does the thing I would probably do at a party if I don't like the person. He doesn't even bother to raise a glass. He even tells his wife to like keep keep. Yeah, the glass Elizabeth kind of does. She's like, oh, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, if you don't like the guy, don't do it just because you're there at a party. Mm-hmm. Stay stay true to what you believe in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they're they're married. We see them have a a uh uh. A wedding night, even though it doesn't really matter. Good for them. He really got over his PTSD, as far as we can tell, really quickly. Or at least he's working on it actively. And we didn't mention that he did receive a letter. Mm-hmm. And his his reaction to the letter, I couldn't read. But it was saying that he can't return to the war battle because he, of his history. His yeah, injuries. so I think... Yeah, and he's well. He just thinks that that uh, this is is his wife doing this. This is Caroline, who's mm. who's pulling the strings with her her social weight to have Too him bad. basically removed from any list of duty, even though it's what he wants to do. Yeah, and yeah, I really couldn't get a full grasp on this either. Like, what is the long term thing he's suffering from? Mm-hmm. Like at least with Armitage, we keep hearing that he's lost his eyesight. He's he's not as sharp. <laughs> but I love his, that uh, George is, or Dwight has already told him uh, your your vision should come back. You know, after some time, and and that kind of leads us to an, another point of this episode, which is that George and Elizabeth's son Valentine still is dealing with rickets. It's not getting much better, mm-hmm. and they're like well, Elizabeth says maybe we should consult someone else than Doctor Choke. Let's get a second opinion. Mm-hmm. George asks, "Who do you have in mind?" They bring in Dwight, and you know Agatha says, "You know he just needs some light and and stuff." 
And George thinks that's uh, some wives' tale, but Dwight tells him, no, he actually just needs some light and some fruit. It'd be fine. <laughs> Should be okay. He's like, look, I'll save you a bunch of money on prescriptions. And he even says to George outright, he says, Dr. Choke is more worried about his wallet with these prescriptions than he is about the care of his patients. But George, George is so up his own, you know, mm-hmm. about status that he doesn't say like, man, that stinks. I really want the best care for my kid. He's like, hmm. <laughs> you know, like George yeah. will always turn his nose up at a lower than. Yep. And Dr. Choke is the doctor of the, the upper class. So, of course, mm-hmm. he's right. But then we see later in the episode that little Valentine's already doing better. Yeah. Uh, I do find it funny, though, that Dwight's uh, prescriptions between Armitage and, and the child is, you know, just go outside, give it some time, you'll heal up. <laughs> it's like, what kind of doctor so is maybe, he? Yeah, maybe you shouldn't be going to the war because you're just prescribing, like, the produce section at the grocery store and a hike. <laughs> just some rest, you know. Take a break. It'll all work itself out. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe that's all you need in the world is some fruit and some fresh air. Absolutely. So I think the rest of this episode, a lot of it revolves around classic Ross and Demelza and then George, Elizabeth, uh, flip side of the coin. Which path do we want to go down? Let's go. Let's talk about Ross and Demelza because I feel like there's not much meat on the bone, mm-hmm. but they're just sort of making it seem crazier than it is. It almost feels like a retread in some ways of the build up yeah. to the end of season two. Of With the mustache guy. For, yeah, forcing a, a wedge between Ross and Demelza that I don't buy <laughs> entirely. But th- this time it seems even less logical. Because doesn't the episode well, start where they're like in bed and it's like, are you happy? It's like right now, yes. Yeah, they're doing great. But then we see that. So, so you know, there's this whole political situation that's going on mm-hmm. where Ross has the potential to be in a... The parliament? parliament? Or the, the MP. Yeah, yeah. So he is basically, the, the trade-off that he would be making was that there's this guy that we've seen a few times before. Francis Bassett. Francis Bassett, who has a lot of the same leanings as Ross, but is basically kind of the person that would hold the weight over him and say, mm-hmm. you know, I want you to vote this way, I want you to vote that way. And Ross just says, I can't be a part of that. And Demelza's like, how much longer are you going to keep letting your pride get in the way? And Ross is like, every single time I will. Yeah, and I think you're kind of taking the the shortcut there because we hear about how this Bassett is looking to identify a guy to put in place, you know, to kind of carry out his his, uh, wants for for, uh, Mm -hmm. politics. Um and he, yeah, he's identified it in Ross because he's a good-natured guy who believes in you know doing the right thing. But he he tries to to seduce him. He brings him. He invites him over to his house. They play some some bowling and everything after meeting meeting him or seeing him at Ross, uh, Dwight and Caroline's wedding. Uh, and so they're hanging out there, and that's when he approaches them about this. And meanwhile, George has come to visit. Uh, he wants to talk to Bassett because they're trying to enter into some war. He like wants. Him. He wants. He, he the, wants it. Yeah. yeah he absolutely he wants, wants the role. Is, uh, yeah. And, and Ross even hears from Pasco, uh, his his you know legal counsel that the Warligans and Bassets were already looking to join up for something political between the two of them with their banks. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
so there's already an implication that you know he's this guy's in good good standing with with uh, George, uh, but he wants to go with Ross as his boy, and then as you said, Dave, Ross is like, nah, can't do it, not gonna do it. Yeah, and we see that George is privy to this conversation, this initial conversation, basically. As he walks over during the bowling game and overhears this whole thing and overhears. And I, I just don't understand why George is so confused as to why people are so into Ross at this moment. He's, you know, he's Rudy Giuliani after 9-11. He's the hero well, of Camp Air. It's the whole business of him not seeing past status as, as the be-all, end-all of, you know, how far you should go in this world. Mm-hmm. And, well, and I think- so... It's, it's definitely more than that because Ross has a higher social status. He just lives a lot. Well, it's also a matter of him putting toads in his pants as a child. That's what it is, Oh, too. yeah, yeah. This guy put ants in pants if he could. But he's always so shocked at the fact that the world loves Ross. He's like, this, I just don't get it. Like, yeah, man. Saves lives. Well, you literally said you want the war to continue for profit. Like, hey, think about dude, it. I don't know why people love the Kardashians, but there's people out there who do, man. I don't get yeah. it. Yeah. That's just how it goes sometimes. Yeah, but George, just like he was as the magistrate, he gets sloppy seconds. Mm-hmm. He gets asked for it, and then they find out. And Ross, Ross is just sort of meh about it. Yeah, because there's something else that happens that we'll talk to, talk about. Right. And Demel's is like, "When are you gonna stop letting this stuff happen?" And Oh, I guess we totally skipped over the fact that on two different occasions, Armitage... Well, is, we'll talk about that in a second, but the, you, you have a good point there, because it's been building up a little bit this season, mm-hmm. that you know when he passed on the role of uh, that Francis had held, were being yeah, on the, the court, it's like, you're directly responsible for people who are getting sentenced, because you chose to not take this, and for Ross, it's a struggle where he, he doesn't want to compromise you know, his uh, friendship and trust of other people just to kind of serve a, a bigger role. He, he thinks that there's no way that you can really do it, the, follow the straight and arrow that way. There, mm-hmm. There's something that's going to corrupt you. Um, and Demel's is like, you could do more good than bad, even if that is true, man. And, and so she's very frustrated with Ross right now, which I I think you said it wasn't a, a clear arc from them being in bed to them being frustrated by the, frustrated by the episode, but I can see, I can see that on, on her, in her. Well, I don't mean Especially, that's the. Uh, I I think the Armitage stuff is is totally illogical. Well, that. Oh, okay. Well, well, one more thing before we get into that is that there's a moment earlier in the episode where she confronts Ross that you know there was a house call done to the George and Elizabeths, right? And he's like, I didn't know about that. And so she tells him the child has rickets. Ain't that kind of funny, Ross? It seems like she knows something about mm-hmm. the child having rickets that that it is of some significance that. It's not sitting right with her. We never heard anything about uh, Jeremy. I believe that's their son or their daughter having rickets. Right. So, but I was I was a little perturbed by know. that. But I think I think she's just testing the waters to see how Ross reacts to. She's poking the bear. Absolutely. And I think that she she's not all the way. She has yet to fully process what Ross did. Yeah. And they always well, kind of. That, 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 I mean, they she did. <laughs> Like when no, he cheated on her, they came together after that. Then the last season, they. But that, know. yeah, yes. But what I'm saying is that wasn't all the work she needed to do. She's okay. still not all the way there, clear. All right. Because she's, you know, she's taking this aggression, these feelings out on him. She's poking the bear when the fact that the baby is sick comes up. 
rather than even though Ross went out of his way to sort of write them out of his life and has pretty much done so aside from on Agatha's stuff. Like he's avoided George to the best of his ability aside from dealing with Drake. He doesn't talk to Elizabeth at all. Jeffrey Charles is away at school. He's done a solid job of avoiding all of the Warligan drama. And she's the one that brings it up. So I definitely think that she is... Def, she, she's the kind of person that right now... She's being a little petty, I think. I don't think so. I think the, that she has valid points as why Ross is so agitated by the end of the episode. Because by the end of the episode, he's you know saying like, Oh, you want someone who's, who's perfect and everything go look for it because like I'm, I'm frustrated right now. And I think part of it is because what she's saying is ringing true on some level. Why, mm-hmm. why else would he be so frustrated with her? He wants to I do him. I, I don't think he's caught on to what Armitage, Armitage is up to. So Dave, you, you have the floor, man. Explain what happens there. So they see Armitage who, as we already said, calls Ross a hero. Mm-hmm. Ross is the guy who brought Armitage off the bench to help Dr. Dwight last week. Yeah. And, Ross is the kind of guy we know when he goes to a wedding. He's probably sitting at the bar with his boys, maybe playing some cards. He's not out on the dance floor. Armitage sidles up to Demelza and says, Your man doesn't dance? And she says, Nah, not really. He's not much of a dancer. And he's like, Maybe he should be. And it's like, Okay. So show me your moves, dude. And then he gets on the floor and starts spinning on his head, as you do. Yeah, yeah. And then we see this uh, party... With uh, Sir Sir Francis Bassett, I believe, is this the, the yeah. when the door opens and it's some like the Empire Strikes Back when Darth Vader is in that <laughs> dining room, but it's Bassett. It's it's well no no it's not Bassett it's I mean, uh, Armitage. You're right. I was expecting and, and, George to be behind the door, but oh, no. Yeah, so <laughs> no, nope. yeah. it's Armitage, and he's like, you wouldn't believe the strings that I had to pull to get to this party, Demelza, and she's like, well, why? And he's like, you know why. And he keeps laying down the. He keeps trying to make it like Ross is a deadbeat. But Ross has helped this guy. He saved his life. Is he trying to make him seem like a deadbeat? He's laying. Well, I mean, he's trying to lay the moves down on Demelza and say that he can be there for her. Yeah. And he wants to see her. Right. He keeps making arrangements to try and, you know, make time for her. Um, he, he During their entire dinner, he's just sketching in his book. And okay. I think Caroline, Caroline's like, can we see what's in your book? No. <laughs> you don't, you don't want to see what I got here. Uh, but then privately he says to Demelza, hey, you want to see what I sketched here? Yeah, he says, and I'm no Da Vinci, again, but you're a Mona Lisa. And she goes, that, I'm too stupid to know smooth. what that means. That line was smooth where he says, I'm not Da Vinci, you're, you're a Mona Lisa. Like, whoa. I was like, that, that, he did that. He deployed it just right. But he, he shows the picture to her. And again, it's just a stick figure with two circles on it. And it's like, <laughs> come on, man. Come on. She's she's like, oh boy. But then we have this fight on the shore and mm-hmm. after Ross is like, why don't you go find a perfect man if that's what you're looking for? And she goes, I don't think it'll even be that hard. And it's yeah. like, Demelza, you had your I, chance and you didn't take it. I hope, you know, I hope this is not some, some Julian malarkey where she does the same thing and, 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 and you know, gets right up to that line of, committing adultery and then backs off yeah because we did that again last season around the same time um but i do like the idea that armitage armitage is all in on demelza even though he knows ross is married to her the guy saved his life but he's like you know what man 
she's a mother of three. I like that. <laughs> he's just, he's all in, man. Stacy's mom. She's got it going on. Well, mother of two, right? They have two. Well, they, they had two, but one. the one who yes. who died also. So it's he's like, and there's a dead had. baby too. <laughs> I'm all in. Get this and Ross guy out. Of the there's this old dog that does not seem to go away. Yeah, where is uh? What's Garrick is in this episode. Garrick? Is he really? Yeah, Garrick is in the back. I, was, I almost wrote it down in my notes, but I said, I'm going to remember Garrick is sitting there. Man, this, the, Gar- the Garrick does not go away, man. He's going to outlast uh, Agatha at this point. Yeah, and, and uh, Ross says, he doesn't say, look, you know, look for the perfect man. He says, that you're looking for a pet. Like, I'm not your pet. He says, look yeah. elsewhere for a pet. I'm not going to be your dog. Gar- he says, Garrick is, is a dog. You want Garrick. <laughs> uh, so the, that's what's going on with Ross and Demelza pretty much this week, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think there's the the, the sort of the other pole dark story. Yeah, man. So Agatha is still hyped because it's her 100th birthday coming up soon. Mm-hmm. And she's still talking her talk. She's not afraid to tell off George when she has to. Uh and these two are these. I think these two have a very healthy and f- fun rapport, even though they actually hate each other. They're uh, the cast is so good here. Yeah, uh, Caroline Blackiston from Star Wars is so good with um, with with farthing mm-hmm. that I I really I really like them, and and clearly it's escalating in this episode. Yeah, and, and I mean. We see that George says to Tom Harry, he says, look, I need you and the whole staff to turn this house over looking for this specific book. Yeah, we don't even know if it's a book. We just says this item that, we're, mm-hmm. that you know has to be in this house. So then we see later George goes up to Agatha and he says, I found this book. And she says, oh, yeah, let me see. What's the book? And he says, the book says that you're not 100. But you're 98. 98. And she goes, that's not true. And he says, yeah, so you're going to have to wait two years for this party of yours. And she's upset. We've never seen Agatha like this before where she is just like, you can't do this to me. This, like she's put in her place in a way that she never has been. And she's very mm-hmm. upset. This is all she's been looking forward to. She's been talking about it for episode after episode. I think, well, I think George's hand has managed to stay pretty clear of her directly. She's always sort of lived in her own space in close proximity to Tripping. George's orbit, but not been directly in the line of fire. And, and I think part she of is what's ju- getting in the line of fire is her wanting to have this party in which Ross would be invited. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, come on, this guy can't be there. It's like, well, he's family. And we see she's that family. George even says to Elizabeth, like, what is the benefit of having this party? And Elizabeth is like, she's a hundred years old. Like that's you just do <laughs> yeah. that. And he's like, there, there doesn't no, necessarily need so. to be a gain out of it. You can sometimes just throw a party to have a party. But then, I mean, I think the obvious implication here is that George has modified this book. That she is actually a hundred. He's just you, you know. Think? He re- I think absolutely. I think he looked for that, and there's a reason that they keep it vague until he opens it and shows it to her. I don't know, man. I don't know about that. I think so. I mean, I think we, maybe I we'll find out. Yeah, but I'm I'm sure we'll find out as the the story progresses. But I feel like there's no way that she is 
so you don't forget your age by two years, you know? I don't start telling people no. I'm 32, even though I should. Because you're, you're 22, right? I'm, tw- I'm 42. <laughs> I can't keep track of ages. Uh, anyways, though, uh, I, I think part of why George is lashing out at Agatha is because he feel like, it feels like his back is against the ropes this episode a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's very frustrated throughout the episode that Foulmouth uh, keeps uh, ignoring him. And that's mm-hmm. because the guy uh, is happy that Ross found his uh, cousin, saved his cousin's life. Um, or is it his nephew? I don't know. But yeah, way, whatever. A relation. Member. But he, he's frustrated by that. He's annoyed that Ross may be put up for Parliament when he doesn't feel that he's deserving of it. Uh, and then, you know, this child has rickets and it's getting better, but, you know, it's Dwight telling him what to do and stuff. He's not too happy about that. Yeah, and I like that he tries to rub it in on Agatha's face. Like, what do you have to say now? You hate this baby. And she's like, yeah, the baby you, was born under I think a black she's moon. She's direct about it, too. Like, the child was born under a black moon. <laughs> she's, like, like, she's like, I don't mean anything by it. It's just a fact of the sky at the time of his birth. <laughs> the, 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 the sky told me so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's like, well, the child's healthy now. What are you going to do about it? And that's when we get to the heavy haymaker <laughs> that Agatha gives Oh, yeah, she's hungry, and he's like, I'm not giving you anything to eat. He's basically treating her like a child. He's starving yeah. her out. But she she has something for him. She tells him when he tells her that we're not celebrating your perth- birthday. He, she says, please, I, I, I need this party. I've been waiting for it. He says, there will be no party. He does not mince words says, at all. Kind of reminds me of um, that, that party we had at our friend's house way back, and then the friend's dad who came home the next day and saw everyone sleeping there and said, Party's over. <laughs> and we all had to go home. Everyone <laughs> had to leave immediately. She said, I already was... sent the invites out. I already got fitted for the dress. I already got my ring resized. He says, there's no party. Yeah. And she goes, I will never cross you again. And he goes, no, no party. And she says, she she transforms. This is like some kind I, of... I felt bad for her when she was begging, like, I will never like do anything to harm you again. Like I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that's crushing. Because we love her. We don't want anything to happen on Agatha. Real turnaround from how we felt about her initially. We really like her now. Um, but, yeah, she tells him, that, that child of yours, it wasn't weak or, or wrinkly or anything that would suggest it was eight months old. That was a thick, healthy baby. With hair. <laughs> Beautiful, curly locks. <laughs> the locks flowing down the baby's head. That baby oh, came out strutting from the womb. <laughs> she She's like, you know, this is like a horror movie moment. Oh, or yeah, she, they got the red in the face and everything. And she says, that baby was not premature, you idiot. And then we see Dummy. that, like, basically, that takes her soul out of her body. Yeah, and she's, it's she's her. She's lying like, there, and George is, like, walking around, like, shook. She's, no, she says, maybe someone else got there first. And yeah. it, he said, maybe you made, maybe you, you know... Did some stuff out of wedlock, or maybe someone got there first. And George is like, oh. And the way the camera is like closed in so close to his face and kind of shaky to really drive home some kind of na- nausea that, that he's feeling. You know, he's very nauseous. She clearly had an effect on him. And he, he walks off because of Francis, not Francis. Yeah, Francis, uh, uh, what's, the, Bassett. what's the guy? Bassett is there. Too many Francis in the show. He's there to talk to him, and Elizabeth comes but, in and is like, what's going on, 
Aunt Agatha, what's going on? She's dead. She's got. She does apologize. She's like, I did something bad, Elizabeth. I'm sorry for you. My bad. That's well, on she's me. like talking to herself. She's like, I shouldn't have said what I said to George. I shouldn't a have done bit. it. Poor Elizabeth. And then she kind of snaps into her briefly, and she's like, Oh my god, I'm so sorry. That one's on and, me. That that's then, my bad. And then <laughs> she take fades away into the night. Uh, I did. Did you expect Aunt Agatha to die this episode? Yes, absolutely. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Once the episode started, and they're the they're talking about like. When she says, I won't live two more years, it's like, you're not making it to your birthday. Man, I, I, I was kind of shocked. I, I, I mean, thought, it, it was an effective moment, but it was like, I was at the edge of my seat for this whole, you know, revelation. Mm-hmm. And, but I, uh, you know, I, I kind of saw it coming. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm the opposite. I thought she had plenty left in the tank there. Uh, but So part, part, part of Ross and Demelza's fight comes from Ross's emotions running so wild because he found out that his great aunt is dead. Yeah. yeah Got to give the man a little bit of credit here because he's going through a lot emotionally. Absolutely. That, that's He he loved her. Uh, and it was like, it's one of his last few remaining family members left. And so, yeah, he's a little heated. And mm-hmm. uh, he's got to go dig the grave for her. Well, yeah, we see that uh, Francis does not, or Francis, RIP, George does not want there to be a service he wants her buried discreetly in the middle of the night and Thalia has sort of gone out on a limb to find to let Ross know mm-hmm. so Ross goes and and digs the grave he says it's the least he can do for his family who he wasn't there for pretty convenient that Thalia became a grave digger this episode to deliver that news to Ross hey you know you gotta do what you gotta do and is that the finale no d- does he get that news from Dolly, because I th- he gets a note from George. Did yeah, no, but he, when when he goes to the grave, yeah, because they like dump the casket on the ground and basically tell Dolly to bury it. Ross comes by like a minute later, and Dolly's like, you know, I was the most I could do was to let you know that this was happening right now. Right. Because in the letter, least- George George says you and Demelza should be proud to know that I've been selected to be. Yeah. The man. On, on top of Ag- Agatha being dead, <laughs> I win. Bye bye. And yes. now they're upset, and that is this week in Poldark, more or less. Basically, man, good episode, Dave. Oh yeah, a great episode. All the things that we like minus a fist fight. Pretty much frustrating. Man. Frustrating. The Armitage stuff is very frustrating to me, but yeah. a good episode. Yeah, man. So, yeah. Why don't we get to some power rankings? I agree. This is a really good episode. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll, I'll kick it off. Yeah, who do you got on the, on the downward rank? I got Sam Karn at number three going down. Oh, boy. He ain't going down. <laughs> this brother is stuck uh, with a woman telling him cock snow when it comes to Jesus and all that stuff that he's into. <laughs> so He's lusting. Yeah, he's lusting and he's sinning, so... Sucks to be Sam Karn this week. How about you, Dave? Who's number three? Well, I'm keeping it in the family. I think I think Demel's is getting in some deep water here, and I don't oh, like okay. where she's treading. All right, because well, here's the, I, I would I would lump Ross in the same category, but Ross is the hero in town. Demel's mm-hmm. is the hero's wife, and I think that the stuff with Ross and and Armitage 
we've been down this road before and it didn't work and I think it's only going to be worse. And I, I know I have a feeling we'll do a 180 and, and the two will reconcile peacefully and happily. But this episode made, made me very uncomfortable towards Demelza. And like I said, I do think that she's poking the bear when she brings up Valentine. She's bringing up past traumas that don't need to be relitigated. Or do they? I don't think so. <laughs> because we do see that Elizabeth is drinking still in this episode. When Oh, uh, yeah, she's putting her tincture in. She's <laughs> not any <yeah>. CBD. <laughs> not too great. Well, at number two going down, I got Morwenna. She's pregnant. She's trapped next to this Whitworth guy. It's not, not looking great for her. It's worse than we can even imagine being married to that guy. He's even mm-hmm. violent towards her. So, yeah, Morwenna at number two. Okay. Well, number two, this is gonna. this might seem controversial. I got George. Oh, really? Okay. Because I think he has been sloppy seconds to Ross twice now for these big political things. And yeah. he knows it. So he sure. does get what he wants. But, and, and did I say two times that he's been sloppy seconds to Ross? I should say three. And I, I, Agus's dying breath is telling him yeah. that that child is not your child. And yeah, oof, I think that that George George is happy with this news. But you see, and as he's talking to Francis Bassett, that mm-hmm. his, you know, he's like the hangover. He's doing all these math equations in his head, trying to figure out what happened in his life. We'll see about that. Well, number one going down. I don't know how it can't be for you, Dave, but for me, it's it's Aunt Agatha. Rest in peace. <sighs> this is a, this one really hurt. It, it sucked. <laughs> Well, my number one going down is Morwenna. Okay, all right. <laughs> because of everything we said now, now, and she, this is horrible. What's happened to her is horrible. Yeah. And add in the fact that now her sister's involved too, and I think her sister's going to get it as well. So. Okay. Well, I think that was so torn over that that party being taken away from her. Mm-hmm. Like even throwing that last haymaker at George can't make up for it for me at least. So. Well, D- Dave, why don't you tell us who's going up for you? Who's number three going up? I got the the new Smith, Drake Karn. He makes a whole pendant within like a matter of days of like something of, of Christ. Or biblical, whatever. yeah. I think yeah. this is, you know, I think that he still, he loves Morwenna, but this is a guy, you can't say that he's not trying to move forward. He's doing what he can. Sure. And they keep doing the thing in this episode where it's him thinking of Morwenna and then she appears on the screen or Morwenna's thinking of Drake and then it's he like appears that, It's like Pride screen. and Prejudice with the mirror. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cross-fading. So, well, you know, I think it, his his heart is in the right place and he's making moves. Sure. Well, number three for me going up, it's a new arrival on the show. It is Rowella Chenoweth. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> she She's there to carry some of Morwenna's load. She's there for her. She knows when to show her feet to make uh, Whitworth disappear. This girl, she's got some some knowledge to her. I feel like she seems smart. So I'm curious. She's to see got some moxie, but I'm I'm scared. Okay. All right. Well, we'll keep rowing that boat. Who's number two for you going up, Dave? I got Agatha at number two. Rest in power. Okay. All right. There are ways to land knockout blows, and then there's what she did to George. Mm-hmm. She told him she she planted that seed of doubt that we've been waiting for someone to do it, but we just didn't know who it was going to be. And it was on Agatha, KO punch. That baby might not be your baby. Someone was there first. Tough, tough news to take. That's well, the way. She, she, George has been such a thorn in her side 
that she said, look, you want to cancel my party? Cancel my party. I'm not going to make it another two years anyway, so let me let me die right now. Mm-hmm. But I'm my last dying breath. And, and we need to remember, she hasn't always liked Elizabeth. No. She's always said Elizabeth should be with Ross. Even when she was, he was with Francis. She was with Francis. So, you know, maybe... Maybe she is apologetic towards Elizabeth, but this is true to her character to sabotage the two of them on her way out the door. So, rest in well, power on Agatha. Dave, this may be controversial to you, but I got Georgia number two. <laughs> Do it make sense? I don't think that Georgia at number two is a, is a bad... I just don't believe it. I don't... Not in my heart. So, he does take some L's this week with being sloppy seconds two or three times, but he vanquishes one of his enemies in the household. He, he And he sends her off with... Uh, and two, technically. Jeffrey Charles is at school. <laughs> Yeah, and so she doesn't even get a dignified burial or anything, and she's gone, so kudos to George on that. And then he actually gets offered the the puppet role of, of MP by, by mm-hmm. Bassett by the end of the episode. So he's actually coming out winning there uh, by the end of it. So things are lining up and looking up for George, you know? Sure. No matter what. Sure. Profits are still booming, I'm sure. So yeah, business is booming. Things no discussion good. of mines this week, by the way. Not a single mention. Of what? Mines. Oh, I know. I was actually thinking about (laughs) this. is not a show about mines and miners at this point. This is a show about family drama. Who's Who's number one? one one, My number one. This was a tough one because this is a really bittersweet episode. I I got Bassett, Sir Francis Bassett, gone at number one. Really? Because he's... So one thing that we really did not discuss is his reasoning for trying to do what he's trying to do. Is that Mm -hmm. the government is kind of stagnant and it's the old power just you know recycling over and over and he wants ross to be the face of his revolution and ross says no but he still finds the face of his revolution and things are still looking really good for him so it was not for nothing but like i said this was not like a this is not a beaming first place that guy, he strikes me as a clown. To go from Ross to then George, who does not represent any of the qualities that Ross possesses, and does he actually think he'll get away with controlling George? No, he'll he'll just disregard him as soon as he's in power. So, also, does, why doesn't it cross Ross's mind that that would be the same? He doesn't necessarily have to do what this guy tells him to do. So, uh, anyways, yeah, all right, Bass, number one for you. Well, number one, number one for me is actually Demelza. She's got wow. Armitage lusting after her. She tells Ross off. And he says, well, good to you. you. You go and try and find someone to, to have fun with. And she's like, I will. Thank you. I got this. Uh, Demelza's the one who's got all the dice, and she can do what she wants. Ross doesn't even realize, you know, what he's dealing with. And, you know, we, we see a lot in this episode of Ross saying, we're not going out too often after this. We're going to stay home. We, we don't want to deal with public stuff. And part of that is because Demelza is pretty popular. They even reference it like a couple of times. Like, Oh, everyone's looking at you, Demelza. Ever since you had that third child, you've had a glow up or something. And even so though she looks, she looks fantastic. She always has. Oh yeah. But I don't, so, I don't notice the difference. Either way though, Demelza, I, people like her. Things are going sure. okay for her. So, and she got married in real life this week. So all the more power to Demelza. <laughs> Oh yeah, sure. I guess you know in the IRL, little, yeah. little jump right there. But uh, that is this week on Poldark season three, episode seven. Almost to the end of the season. Almost two episodes left. We gotta get there quick. Holy moly! Doesn't seem like it. Yeah, this man. Has flown we by. Gotta, we gotta get there quick because I'm gonna be traveling soon. We gotta get through these, man. 
Okay, sure. All right. Dave, you been watching anything else? Uh, I rep- I said last week I got my new gym show, the the okay. Snowflake Mountain. Mm-hmm. I finished it. <laughs> How was it? It was it was really it was one of those shows that I did find myself falling for these people, but some of them, and I'm, I wholeheartedly recommend people to not watch this show. But okay. I will say, there's one young man on this show that is so unbearable that I think he's purposely playing a heel in the tr- in the way of um, that George. one guy on um, the ulti- or, um, Love Is Blind. Oh, okay, shake like. Yeah, Shake on Love is Blind. Like, he is actively trying to be this monster that just bucks the system. And then I do what I do on all these reality shows is I would check these uh, people's Instagrams after to see, like, what they're like, or what their public out. life is like. And this guy is a preacher. In real life? And, and yeah, he's, I mean, not like a priest, but he he's like a man of God who all of his Instagram is about God. And all of his posts are like, Bible stuff and like if you saw me on that show know that I was doing what I had to do for myself spoiler alert this guy just walks off the show it sounds like he's a heel either way yeah yeah so he's yeah he sounds a lot like Ozzy Whitworth but uh, not yeah. a great show but a very infectious show uh, okay. what about you Corey anything good uh, the only thing of note really I, uh, worth mentioning well I did finish watching The Bear on Hulu which everyone is mm-hmm. buzzing about it's pretty good there's really one really good episode the rest of it's pretty good it's, it's good uh mm-hmm. it's very short half hour each but i watched the new nathan fielder show the first episode on hbo max uh, i think rehearsal. i'm watching that like tomorrow or you know it's on i gotta watch it ASAP. i've watched it twice i think uh-huh. it is one of the best episodes of tv in recent memory it is incredible <laughs> like okay. within the f- first five minutes it's like holy crap this is where we're going i run don't walk to this this is absolute musty tv the rehearsal on hbo I, I don't want to reveal any more because it's kind of wild which way it goes but so good so good right. can't, can't speak i, I, I just re rewatched the finale of nathan for you as a sort of read you know mm-hmm. getting myself used to nathan's tone and i i love that man so I, it's Have not watched, for lack of interest all of it or just the finale i re over the past couple months i've rewatched the whole show oh, man. yeah well this is this is like him with a budget this show so all right we see i I was thinking as i rewatched the the nathan for you finale that i think it's uh it's too long because they did so many things to try to justify Mm -hmm. it being this long that it could very much be like half its length but i said you know i'm thinking like there's no way he can't not be extreme so it's good to know that you give him a budget and he's extreme even more so and i had to watch it twice because there's just so many little things you miss I, i can't wait for episode two anyways Hey, well, that's that. Yeah. I can't wait for season three, episode eight of Poldark. <laughs> yeah, me too. Maybe Agatha comes back next week. We'll see. Hopefully. I mean, Francis. Yeah. Otherwise, you know where to find us. Uh, com. You can hit us up there. You can find all our podcasts uh, on our Podbean website, on Spotify or Apple. Leave us a five-star rating or review if you so choose. Also, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, we're there. And that that's all there is, and that's that. All right. See you next week. Next week. Yeah.